everybody, welcome back to Letterman Road. This is the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. Football season has begun. Ohio State uh, went out to the practice field Wednesday morning, got this 2021 season underway. This is the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto with Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. Get this out of here before you guys just fight over it for the whole show. Uh, where to begin? I, I guess here's some pressing uh, breaking news that Tyler Friday, uh, senior defensive end for the Buckeyes, he is going to be out. Uh, for the duration of training camp and potentially uh, well most of the season and potentially more than that we'll see exactly uh, you know, what happens with that after ryan day and tyler friday speak about what they want are dealing with that undisclosed injury uh, not great news there this this is a guy that burham i think hasn't had a chance to really build on any consistent momentum injuries have, have got him at inopportune times throughout the year out the three years that he's been here three sacks four tackles for loss but Always seemed like a guy who could give them a little bit more and take that next step. And uh, we, we saw him deal with a little bit of stuff late last year that I think is probably spilling over here. Uh, so put more pressure on those young guys, but unfortunate for Tyler Friday. Yeah, I mean, it's one of these situations where the Buckeyes are, are very, very thin uh, on the defensive line as far as experience goes. Not as far as numbers go necessarily, but Tyler Friday is one of those guys who played some meaningful snaps. Didn't play any at the end of last season and, and now uh, I think the term would be indefinitely out. Uh, I, I don't, and I guess we're all sort of assuming definitely out, but we'll figure out how that goes uh, down the road. But it sucks for Tyler Friday, for sure. It doesn't suck for guys like uh, Jaron Cage, who was the first guy out here today. I mean, uh, as far as the defensive lineman leading the lines, running out, he looked in great shape. Haskell Garrett, of course, in, in a big spot for him. Antoine Jackson stepping up. The Buckeyes have a lot of guys that they can rotate in and out of that line. And I, I continue to be impressed by Ty Hamilton and the way he looks just body-wise. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's a guy that you're going to see a lot of this early part of the season. Named all those guys, Spencer, and he didn't talk about Tyreek Smith or Zach Harrison or Javante John Baptiste, who I know the last one caught. Well, I'm eye. talking three techs. Gotcha. Well, because that's what I never think Friday. Is. We all have talked about him playing three technique, but Ohio State resisted ever doing that. Well, so they're wrong. Well, I don't think it's, Larry Johnson seems to know what he's doing. I don't think it's good news for anybody that Tyler Friday is out, but if, if there's a silver lining to it, I think Javante John Baptiste has seen an opportunity arise with Tyler Friday being out, and he's grabbing it by the horns. I mean, he looks like a completely different player. When I, we saw him a couple years ago, he was he was uh, kind of a skinnier guy who I kind of thought maybe they'd try him move him out to linebacker because he just wasn't really putting on a lot of weight. He looks bulked up. He looks like he fits in the defensive end room. He looks like the kind of guy that we see in fall camp and then week three has three sacks and we say, wow, where did that come from? I mean, he looks like a different player. Yeah, you, spoke, you spoke about numbers, though. The numbers that stood out to me on the defensive line, they were 33 and 44. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jack Sawyer, JT Tuimolo, you know, anybody, any program in the country would give whatever for just one of those guys. And, you know, those are guys that clearly are ready, I think, to, to grab any opportunity they get here by any opening on the defensive line, but especially the defensive ends. It gives them some flexibility, made them move some guys around, et cetera. But that jumped out at me as much as who was missing. I think also I would include Noah Potter in yeah. there yeah. firm at that three-tech spot that – I thought that was really a physically a, he looks a different. smart move, yeah. um, you know, maybe for him, maybe for Larry Johnson, for everybody. We talked about that with Tyler Friday dating back to the spring. Like we liked him going, playing inside for Ohio State to see what he'd bring. And Noah Potter's got some of that quickness that we've seen, whether that's Adolphus Washington or guys that kick inside the three technique. Draymond Jones uh, comes to mind. You know, I don't know if he's exactly like any of those guys. He hasn't played a lot. But he's up. He looks like he's about 275 pounds now, and yeah. he can handle himself and, in there. So we'll see how that plays out. But I don't think anybody really wanted 
to hear us come out of the first day of, of training camp talking about <laughs> well, the defensive line. No, but I mean, the defensive line is important, obviously, for Ohio State. When you have a brand new secondary and brand new linebackers, that defensive line is it's sort of incumbent on them to really kind of force the issue so that the back half of the Buckeye defense steps up. And just to finish on Tim's point about JT Tua Maloow and, and Jack Sawyer, I thought the most interesting thing is that they were just always together. And I think that, that those two are going to be just linked for their entire career. And we think about back in 2016 it was nick bosa 2017 chase young there was always that gap year and these dudes like everything they do is going to be together and i think it's going to be really fun to watch as they grow on the field but also that relationship you know three years from now four years from now when they're both in the top three picks of the nfl draft back to back it's going to be fun to watch and, and think back to that first rep where they they go right after one another here. yeah i All mean right. go ahead i'm sorry yeah we don't need to keep talking about the defensive line. No, I was going to I was going to jump to a guy that impressed All me. All right, I mean, let's do it. A guy that impressed me right off the hoof. A guy I didn't see in the spring, and you didn't either. Was uh, Donovan? Ja I mean, uh, Donovan Jackson. The uh, I think the, you probably took yeah, Spencer's guy here. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, go ahead, Spence. But I mean, you know, these guys, man. It's like like we were talking with, with Ryan Day after practice. These freshmen, they they come in looking a whole lot different than they did even five years ago, much less thirty years ago. But these guys. Go ahead, man. I don't want to steal your thunder. The offensive line is the hardest position to play right away. I, I think it's even more difficult than quarterback to come in as a true freshman to play right away. Ohio State only uses it out of necessity, I think, once in the last 15 years with, with Michael Jordan. Yeah. Donovan Jackson is a different case. I think if, if Ohio State's looking to get the best five guys on the offensive line on the field, there's a case to be made after three weeks. I'm sure there's going to be. Donovan Jackson could be one of those best five. I mean, he's the type of talent that you you don't keep off the field. And whether that's in second string reps against Tulsa and Akron, when when the time comes, he's going to flash and he's going to show people why he was the, rated the way he was. And he's got a chance, I think, by toward the middle of the season, by the end of the season, to really make a push on the offensive line. That would require somebody else to drop the ball because I agree with that, yeah. this is a very deep offensive line. Yep, and it wouldn't just require one person. Yeah, it would require a multiple balls to be dropped and I think you're talking, that, about, you're talking about the fumble oh boy, this, this what are you talking Bobby about there, running, over I just about running the fumble risky <laughs> you know I, I think that you look at it today and and you can only take so much out of these first practices but it's not a coincidence or a surprise to anyone at this point that Josh Fryer was lined up with the first team offensive line I know one Left person guard. on this on this staff here who's been a very big Josh Fryer fan for a couple oh, of years oh, it, was you. it was probably me um Thank you. He's in the Friars Club. And, and Ryan, they talked about him after practice and said it's about consistency, like it is for all these guys. All these guys that haven't played, it's about consistency. It, Potential-wise, is anything more impressive looking, though, than Paris Johnson? No. And Nicholas Petit Freer coming off the ball on the right side. It's I mean, terrifying to <laughs> I'm telling you, I keep saying this. I've been covering this team for a long time. This is as, as impressive depth-wise an offensive line group as I've seen here. And that goes back. That's not saying anybody's better than Orlando Pace or any of that kind of baloney. No, one to thirteen. It's it's by far uh, it's, the deepest yeah, they've had. Very impressive. And uh, you know, Luke Whipler, they are working at, at center. You know, and uh, and uh, Harry Miller sitting there. I mean, a former you know five star. I mean, Harry Miller so important to this team yes. with with all these new quarterbacks. Like Harry Miller might be the most important player on the offense. Yeah, gets a doesn't have to just go in and play second most after, important after twelve hours notice. So. Uh, and I would throw in Jacob James in there as that backup as we're talking about the interior battles. I don't Another guy looks over, great. overlook him, but the changes he's made physically. And then just right here when they started, they were going half-line drills. I think I would I would have expected Luke Whipler to be with that second unit, but he wasn't. He mm -hmm. was down there with special teams. And, again, we see six periods to watch. Uh, we don't want to leap into too much, and we saw what Luke Whipler did in the spring. But you have to give Jacob James credit because he was out there next to 
Paris Johnson and Nicholas Petit Ferreira, they were doing the right side of the line. Yeah. So clearly, uh, you know, he's somebody that they think could help if need be. But obviously, this is Harry Miller's situation. Uh, I, and Josh Fires, I think, is running with that left guard. We'll see how that plays out over the course of the month. And then, as Spencer said, into the season. Also have to wait and see a little bit about the, the defensive transition for Steel Chambers. If he wants to stay there, I think that's the best fit for him at linebacker. That's where he practiced today. Also had the USC transfer, Pallier. Pallier. Neo Teote. Neo Teote. I got Neo it. Teote. You got it. I've been, working, Pallier, Neo I've been working hard to get ready for the start of camp. Uh, the situation is the same for him. He's continuing to wait on that uh, NCAA waiver for eligibility to be able to play for the Buckeyes this year. But he's got a uniform on. He's able to practice. Sort of the... the tough part for Ryan Day and Al Washington these first 10 days or so as they wait for that is how many how many reps do you give him where do you put him yeah. you can't, you, as Ryan Day said you don't want to waste uh, quote unquote first and second team reps on somebody that you may not have this season right you have to count him as a walk-on that's what he is right now Paulie Neoteote is a walk-on linebacker at Ohio State Therefore, meaning he's not going to get the reps ahead of Dallas Gant or Taraji Mitchell or Kayvon Pope or, or Tommy Simon. Eichenberg or Cody Simon or any of these guys until they figure out what's going to happen. And I, I don't think that, you know, we live in a world of college football now where anytime that we're like, okay, we're waiting on a waiver, you just assume it's going to go through and yeah. be cleared. I don't think that's necessarily a, a surefire thing here. Hmm. So the Buckeyes have to move very tentatively when it comes to how much time they put into Neo Teote right now. Here's a question for you coming out of just watching six periods of practice today what is their starting defensive backfield who is in it well what's uh, the what's the formation no that's what i'm saying i mean you give me the formation you tell me how they're starting i mean i'm just i'm still sitting there just like when when they left spring i'm still wondering i saw about five different formations exactly in six periods because, exactly go ahead spencer i think it ties into the linebacker situation though because if you're going to have you know, two or three linebackers that you can really rely on, I think you're going to probably put a bullet on the field and play either Ronnie Hickman or Craig Young. I think both of those guys have a lot of potential that can really make an impact and a difference in the defense. And then I think the safety spot, Josh Proctor feels like has one wrapped up. Other than that, it could be a revolving door of talent. I mean, when you look at Cor Williams, when you look at Latham Ransom, Cam yeah, Martinez I, in the slot. I looked at both of those guys, Spencer, because at one point there was an early rep where those three safeties, if you want to consider that, yeah. how you want to categorize Court Williams maybe as a bullet, Nathan Ransom maybe in slot, but all three of those guys, in my mind, are safeties. They were on the field together. Go ahead. Yeah, Andrew. Yeah. And then you look at corner, and you've got three guys who are probably as ready as anybody to take a, a leap and be a star cornerback. Cameron Brown was on his way to that before he tore his Achilles last year. Uh, Seven Banks has already solidified himself as one of the top returning quarterbacks in the Big Ten. And then Ryan Watts has all the potential in the world, a guy who's super long, like an ideal carry Combs corner. And so you look at this secondary, I don't really think it matters who the starting secondary is right now because those guys are going to be revolving, yeah. rotating, and, and finding new spots and really making an impact wherever but it's, they line up. But it's a little bit troubling. I mean, not troubling. That may be over overselling it, but the Cam Brown isn't what I would call 100% full go. He's out there working. Well, He's yeah. doing some reps and things like that. I'm just wondering how they're thinking, you know, and I'm talking about the coaches, how they're thinking, how they're going to, like, make this all matter. Because, like I said, you couldn't take a photo of the starting defensive secondary coming out of the spring and you couldn't take one, I don't think, today. I mean, you could throw one out there, but the one they're going to play is still way up in the, up for grabs. Yeah, I mean, and to, not to go too far into the recruiting weeds here, but when you're talking about that three-safety look, that's why they're recruiting three safeties oh, yeah. in the class of 2022. They have Kai Stokes committed. They want Xavier Wampa and Zion Branch because they think that all three of those positions can be on the field at the same time. And so I guess from a recruiting standpoint, it's kind of good for them to have the proof in the pudding out here, but you know, you have a, a couple guys back there. Court Williams is, is going to be a difference maker as long as he's healthy. Seven Banks, 
um, you know, Cam Brown, none of these guys were playing in the spring. So yeah. it's a lot of wait and see type of situation. And I think that's actually really good news for the young guys, the Jordan Hancocks, the Ja'Kalen Johnsons, those players that are probably ceiling wise, uh, the best on this roster at cornerback right now. Um, and then you have a lot of guys like Legend Cavazos. He's got to he's got to step up. So you, you have you have players out there all over the place. But you know when you're talking about Ohio State in in the the changes that we're expecting and, and the guys that you think are going to step up and we talked about it in Letterman Live. Mayan Williams looks different. He just looks like a different guy. Yeah, I, I was going to check the those boxes there in the backfield. C.J. Stroud still was the first guy through the line. Still first one taking uh, reps today for the Ohio State offense. That's not a surprise. If Who was, was second? Well, Jack Miller was in line second. That's what that's what you said but yesterday. That's what I said was going to happen, and it did happen. And I'm going to be honest with you. He did not throw the football well today uh, from what I saw. Now, it was just six periods. We're not going to do this again. Um, that's just a fact. That C.J. Stroud, I think, and Kyle McCord are the top two quarterbacks on the step chart. The surprise for me was Mayan Williams being first in line and not going with the seniority and incumbent, to use Ryan Ward's uh, for that with, with Master Teague. I think that this has been heading in this direction for a little while. It's been not percolating. Spe not specifically with Mayan Williams, but that Ohio State had seen sort of the, the ceiling with Master Teague and a youth movement may have been underway, and that's Mayan Williams getting a chance to go out there first and set the pace. Uh, that's Marcus Crowley being healthy, getting those reps. Now, he was behind Master Teague. That was third out of that list. Mm -hmm. And then Travion Henderson, who just moves differently. Yeah. But the fact that, I, that Mayan Williams – Coaches know how this works. They know that we're watching. They know that the players are keeping tabs on where they are. So, Spencer, that Mayan Williams goes goes first, I think, is significant. But I think one thing to make clear is that's not to say Master Chief can't have an impact on the season. He's going to play. He's going to have an impact. But when you look at – I like to talk about floor and ceiling. When you look at floor and ceiling, Master Chief probably has the highest floor. There, But that being said, these other guys have a much higher ceiling. And I think when you talk about Mayan Williams – he flashed at points, obviously small sample size. There are just a couple guys on this roster who move differently. Trayvon Henderson, Mayan Williams seems to be becoming more of a, a better at cutting back. Uh, Marcus Crowley cuts really well right now for the, where he is in his progression. A long journey back from that injury. Those guys all can move really quickly, and they add an element to this offense that, simply put, Master Teague just doesn't quite have in his yeah. arsenal. I think he can be really useful in the offense. I just don't think he is going to be an every down back, and it was apparent today that is almost like a, a statement without making a statement. Mayan Williams was first. Yeah, Master, what, Master stands out about Mayan, what stands out about Mayan Williams is, even the little bit we got to see him play last year, he's always falling forward when yeah. he's tackling. He's I mean, a mover. He's, he's a, a mover. And Trevion Henderson, as my friend here, Awesome Ward, pointed out, has moves. I mean, it's the wiggle he's got is crazy. And I'm, I'm really interested to see how Tony Alford settles the deck because those four guys are all different. Master Teague's floor might not be higher than anyone else's, but it's just been the most walked on. And so you can you trust what you trust the footing. You, you know, know where you, it is. You know what you're going to get. If it's fourth and one, at the, and the Buckeyes are at the one yard line, give me Master Teague all day. But you know, at this point, you're talking about how do we put the most explosive offense on the field, and Master Teague is not that. So that's you have to find new ways to to move these guys around. And the and the point is. You have five really talented running backs on this roster. They're going to all need the football at some point this season. So you just run them out, run them out, run them out. <laughs> run them out. All right. Run the wishbone. Zach's back there running it for What about us. all the receivers, though? 
Hey, that's another day. This is one practice. Oh, man. That's in the books. So much to talk about. A long way to go before Ohio State opens the season at Minnesota on September 2nd. But the first one, got to come out here and hang out with these guys and watch some football. Always feels good. Put the ball in Berm's hand. This has been a practice report. It's brought to you by Byers Auto. That's Spencer, Tim, Berm. I'm Austin. We will see you all day, every day, all month, all year for Ohio State coverage as the Buckeyes get this 21-20, 2021 season underway. We'll see you next time.